You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring interim pastor Stephen Usry and pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway.
Good morning. Welcome to Midway United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you are here, those of you who are here in person, and those of you who are here via uh, online. We are glad that you're here. I want to invite you to register your attendance. Let us know that you're here. There should be a QR code on the um, seat in front of you. You can just scan that with your smartphone. Let us know that you're here and worshiping with us. A couple of quick reminders about what's going on in the life in the ministry of our church. Um, A reminder that next week, beginning next Sunday, we will be hosting Family Promise. Uh, This is an organization that works with families to give them financial stability. And they spend a week uh, at each church that they visit living at that church. So this becomes home for them. Uh, we'll have their opportunities for you to make dinner, for you to be an overnight host, for you to set up or clean up. Um, you can go to our midweek to register that, to, to look and find the registration um, packet there, a registration link. Sorry. Additionally, you're going to hear this a lot. Anybody know what March 19th is? The Centennial Celebration, yes, March 19th, we will uh, celebrate 100 years of ministry through the the chapel out here. Um, We will have one service in two locations at 10 a.m. that morning. I know it doesn't make sense. It will. It will. Um, But we hope that you'll come and that you'll join us for that. Additionally, we'll have a potluck supper afterwards. Um, And then finally, we will have some beautiful ornaments, beautiful keepsake ornaments that we are pre-selling. You can go ahead and put your orders in. Um, That can be done on the midweek, or um, if you need some help, just come find me after the service, and I'll make sure that we get you um, an ornament ordered. And finally, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. This is the beginning of Lent, the beginning of the season leading up to Easter, And uh, we Christians typically celebrate Ash Wednesday by putting the sign of a cross on our forehead with ashes, uh, a sign of our repentance, a sign of us um, recognizing that we are not God and that we are in need of God. And so uh, we will have ashes to go, uh, 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., and then 12 to 1 p.m., Right out here outside this portico, you don't have to get out of your car. You just drive up. We'll make a sign of of ashes on you, and you can go on your way. Um, But I hope that you will come back that uh, evening from 530 to 630. Um, We've got our pancake supper, our youth fundraiser. And then finally at 7 o'clock, there is a service of um, an Ash Wednesday service. So I hope you can join us for all of those things. I know that's a lot. Um, check our, um, our Facebook page for more information. You can also sign up to receive that info from the midweek, and you don't have to listen to me repeat all these things all the time. So uh, we are here on this beautiful day because we have the opportunity to come together and to worship God. Let's take a moment now uh, to pray together and, and uh, prepare our hearts for worship. God, we thank you so much for this day, for this moment that we have. God, that we are able to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ 
as people who love you and that we have an opportunity to just be with you and to worship you this morning. Lord, I pray for your guidance. I pray that your wisdom and your spirit would fall on each of us here. God, allow us to hear your word and allow us to act on that word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you say in Jesus' name? The most powerful name. Amen. This song is a song that we played two weeks ago. It's a new song, but I really want to challenge you to listen to these words, to sing them out, and to declare the most powerful name ever into our lives, into anything that must be broken, must be transformed. We will speak the name of Jesus. Would you come with me? Let's worship. Here we go.
guys. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Jesus is here. I can feel his presence. And I'm sure you'll feel him too. It really depends on how open you are. And this next song, it's a prayer. If that's your prayer, even though it's a new song for you, it might be, might not be. But it says, my heart is an open space for you to come and have your ways. I'm open. If that's your prayer, sing it out. Worship him and he will come and do things that only he can do. We love you, Lord.
here we are, Lord. You find spaces in this place. You find hearts in this place that are open. Here we are saying to you, come. Do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. Move however you want to move. And change whatever you want to change. Lord, may it start in me. You have the freedom in this place. You come, you take her place, and you move. We're thirsty and hungry for you. We love you. We love you. In your name, we worship you, Lord. Amen. I would love to invite our children to come forward now for our children's sermon this morning. guys what do I have in this bag here candy oh you know what I forgot help don't touch it yet don't touch it yet don't touch it don't yeah we're gonna leave it right here but you know what I forgot um I needed I need to tell the adults something so can you guys don't touch this and I'll, I'll be right back okay all right so adults um a couple years ago there was a um there was a a something videos that they did on like social media where the parents would place a cookie in front of the kids and they would say, don't touch it. And they would film it and they'd walk away and see if the kids listened and if the kids had self-control. Obviously, that's what I'm doing right now. So let's see. All right. How, how did, did anybody, let me see my candy. Oh my goodness. You guys are not going to tell it on everybody. Okay. So so don't you, okay, have a seat. Over there. All right, so um, I, I know, so you guys really like candy, don't you? Yeah, that's an understatement, I think. And when I walked away and I said, hey, just, just don't touch it, I'll be right back. Did we, don't, no pointing fingers. Yeah, God knows, we don't, you don't have to tell me. Um, did, did we, did we do good? Did we touch it? Okay, so some people, some people might not have touched it. Some people may not have. Okay, friends. Um, all right, listen up. So it takes a lot, a lot of self-control to do things when we just don't feel like doing it, right? We're gonna, I'm going to finish talking today. So um, one thing that Pastor Stephen's going to talk about today is self-control. And that means that we do the right thing regardless of how we feel in the moment. It was so hard to wait, and it still is very hard to wait for this candy, right? Yeah? You guys didn't get any candy this past week, did you? All right. So uh, self-control is doing the right thing in the moment, even, even when we don't feel like it. 
That means that we have to use our ears, our listening skills. We have to use our, our mind and say, nope, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. We have to, uh, and we have to like just hold our body back, right? From doing the things that we might not should do. Well, God wants us, God wants us to have self-control in all that we do as well. In fact, yeah, God wants it, but it's so hard sometimes. I mean, look at this candy. This looks really good to me. I should just eat it right now, right? I mean, these people, it doesn't, they might be here to worship. Right, I mean, it's candy, right? But, but do you know who helps us when we need to have self-control? God, specific person, Jesus, the third one. The Holy Spirit, yeah. The Holy Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can practice self-control. Let me read you this scripture. Look at this right here. It says, it's Galatians. It's Galatians 2, 22 through 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what that means is when we have Jesus in our heart, we have the spirit in our heart too. And that means that the spirit is that little voice sometimes that says, hey, this is what God wants you to do. And that little voice will sometimes help us when we should be having self-control and we'll say, you got to wait. You got to be patient. All right? So I hope that you guys, when there's something going on in your life that you want, that you want to do, and someone says, be patient, just wait, have self-control, I hope that you guys will ask God. Say, God, please give me that self-control. All right, will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, and thank you for self-control. Amen. I'm, yes. Oh, yeah. So Miss Alethea is going to take this, and she's going to see who has self-control. I know you did pretty well. Or when you come back oh, up here, might miss or when you, after the service. Who else wants candy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Self-control, y'all. Self-control. So uh, before, we, uh, before we pray, uh, before we also uh, start in a uh, silent prayer moment, I'd like to uh, just ask you to help me pray for two things. First one is that uh, Pastor Jenny, as most of us know, has uh, lost uh, her mom this week, right, on February 13th. So we are going to be praying for her uh, during this uh, time of prayer as well, for her family, for her dad. Um, and also I'd like to remind you that there is a uh, memorial service uh, planned for uh, the Monday of February 27th at 11 a.m. Uh, here in the chapel, right? It's going to be in the chapel. Uh, so 27th, 11 a.m., if you'd like to attend. The second thing is, uh, 
as we, most of us know as well, there was a, this huge, terrible earthquake that happened in Turkey and Syria this uh, past couple weeks. And we have been praying for them uh, consistently, at least I have. Uh, but we know that there are uh, 46,000 people lost their lives during this, uh, during this earthquake. It was horrible, right? And so uh, can you imagine how many other thousands of people are now mourning the lives of the ones who died in the earthquake, right? So we are going to pray for them as well. And also, uh, then, if, you are, if you'd like to somehow help with the, uh, with, uh, the relief of, uh, of this uh, situation, uh, we will ask you to also give uh, to UMCOR, which is our uh, United Methodist uh, uh, Committee on Relief. Uh, so uh, they are also sending some uh, supplies and also money to help alleviate uh, this, uh, you know, terrible uh, thing that happened there in Turkey and Syria. Uh, and I'm going to ask you just uh, if you are planning to do that through the app or through the website, just indicate that you're giving specifically to Amcor. Or uh, if you are sending a check, just don't forget to uh, put Amcor uh, in the memo of your check so we know where, where the, you know, the funds are going to. Now, uh, as, we, as we start this moment of prayer, like to ask you to bow your heads and and let's uh, focus in Christ right now with our prayers and petitions and thanksgiving to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are a good father. You are faithful. You're great. You're magnificent. You're marvelous, God. Lord, we, we present our hearts to you in thanksgiving, first of all. But we also present our hearts to you because we need you. We, we need you this morning. There's so many things going on in the, on, in the earth. And there's so many um, catastrophes happening things that we don't even know, but there's so much suffering in the world right now. So much suffering. We mourn with the ones who mourn. We weep with the ones who weep. And today we present to you Pastor Jenny and her family and her dad because they are mourning. They are weeping. But we know that there is only one person that can give them hope. That's you. So, Lord, we pray that you touch their hearts right now with comfort, with hope, with assurance. They know that there is a church praying for them, but there is a God is covering them in love. Lord, we also pray. We pray for the thousands and thousands of people who are now mourning and weeping for the loss of the 46,000 people that have died because of the earthquake. 
We know that several of them don't know you. But we know that no matter what faith they have, you are God. You are their God. You are God upon all the earth. There is no other God other than you. And so we pray that you visit them. And also give them assurance in this time of need, in this time of suffering, Lord. May they know that there is hope. And the source of hope is you. Lord, for our church and for our community, there is suffering happening right here and right now. We don't know what's going on in the hearts of people, but we know that it doesn't matter what type of suffering it is. There is a church praying, and there is a God giving hope and assurance. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness again. We thank you for the wonderful counselor, wonderful father, caring father you are for each one of us. And we pray this as we also remind ourselves and pray together the prayer your son Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to invite you to take that out as we dive into God's Word this morning. I use an outline every time I share God's Word. It's a way for me to really put down my thoughts in advance and put scriptures there for you. Uh, there's some fill-in-the-blank, so hopefully you'll grab the pen, maybe located in the little seat pocket in front of you there. I oftentimes tell people that this, uh, as you fill this out, you're welcome to engage with it in any, we're going, any way that you want to. We're going to read scriptures. You might want to be underlining and circling some things. But maybe the most important thing might be what you write in the margin. Something maybe new that you would learn, or maybe uh, just a whisper of God that he might speak over you. We've been in a series called Stronger. Reverend Amanda Lane on week number one talked to us about how to get stronger in our bodies. She talked about eating right and exercising right. She talked about making our bodies stronger. I was working out at the gym this week, and um, I wanted to give up. Um, have you ever been on a treadmill wanting to give up? I was wanting to give up, and I started quoting that scripture she shared with us. Do you not know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And I just kept saying, Lord, make me stronger, make me stronger, and and help me persevere. Last, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you about making our faith stronger. Hopefully you remember that. We talked about phases of faith, how God wants to make our faith stronger. Last week we had Scout Sunday. Jarrett Wallace, uh, he, he talked to us about character, persevering through trials, and how that builds endurance. Today we're going to talk about self-control, um, as Amanda has already demonstrated a little bit of that, and how God works in our lives. Now before we get there, 
Next week, we're starting a brand new sermon series. It's called I Love My Church. We're going to celebrate the church and what God does in the church and how God puts us on mission together, how he grows us, how he gives us fellowship one with another. And I don't want you to miss a couple of pieces of that. She's reminded us, Amanda reminded us that in the middle of that series, we've got the centennial celebration. It's going to be a great day of worship, so invite your family and friends. What, what, I hope that you learned this past week that we actually have a Lenten devotional that starts next Sunday. And so we want you to not miss out on that. Every day, 5 o'clock in the morning, in your inbox, a new devotional written by Midwayers for Midwayers. You, you, if you receive our Midway at Midweek, is it Midweek at Midway? Anyway, if you receive that during the week, you can sign on. You have to, you have to let us know specifically if you want to be a part of that. If you want to be a part of the Lenten devotional, it'll go from next Sunday all the way till Easter. So sign up for that. Don't miss that. All right, Stronger. Let me begin with a little funny story I heard this past week, all right? Uh, just a kind of way of lightening up our spirits a little bit. There were three guys hiking, through, hiking on a hike together. They were hiking through the woods. They came up against a massive river. The river was like a quarter mile wide, but not, that wasn't the problem. It was rushing with water. And they were like, how in the world? They need to get to the other side. How are we going to cross? So one guy kind of spoke a prayer out loud, and he said, God, would you give me the strength to help me cross this river? Poof, big arms, big legs. He jumped in the water. Swam. It took him an, uh, two hours, but he swam across the river to the other side. Having seen that, one of the other guys kind of added to that prayer. He said, God, make me strong and give me the tools I need to cross this river. Poof, big arms, big legs, and a boat appeared. So he put the boat in the water, jumped in the boat. In 30 minutes, he was across that raging river. Last guy standing there, and he, he thinks himself, he's going to pray even a better prayer than that. So he says, God, give me the strength, give me the tools, and give me the intelligence I need to cross this river. Poof! God made him into a woman. And, 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 and she reached into her backpack, pulled out a map, went upstream just a few yards, crossed over the bridge, and crossed it in 15 minutes. Well, guys, today I want to talk to you about self-control, and here's my prayer for you. My prayer is that you will allow your spirit to be really attentive, especially to the scriptures that we're going to read today, so that you would be stronger. God has a work that he wants to do in you to make you like Jesus. You would be stronger. And our prayer is that we would use the tools, the scriptures, and he would make us wiser. So if you will, as we begin studying God's word today, let's just bow our heads for a minute. Let's invite God to speak. God, here we are. We've carved out time and space. We open our spirits to you. We sang that song earlier. Open. Our hearts are open. We open our spirits to you. We, we make ourselves, by the power of the Spirit, attentive to your voice. Speak, Jesus, through your word into our lives. Speak a very personal word. Speak over our families. Speak over our marriages. Speak over our children. God, speak over our church that we might hear your voice. And that, God, your word might bear fruit in our lives, fruit that lasts. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All during this series, I've read the same scripture to you as a theme scripture, okay? We're going to put it up on the screen real quickly. It comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And I've reminded you every week that, that this is a scripture that's actually not a lot of people remember. It's not a very memorable scripture. As a matter of fact, it's the one right before that that people often memorize, Romans eight twenty eight. 
Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And people stop there. They don't memorize Romans 8.29. Now, I don't know if anybody in this church took me serious, but I challenged you in these four weeks of this series to memorize Romans 8.29 because it's powerful. God's word says, Paul writes, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It's this idea that God's plan for you, his destiny, his hope, his dream, his, his overarching purpose and plan for you is that one day you'd look like Jesus. And here's the cool thing. The idea is here, he, he is forming you. He is working to form you. Now, can I just be honest? Sometimes as God's trying to form me into the image of Jesus, I cooperate. And sometimes I resist. And and we want to be the kind of people who say, no, no, no. You know what we are? We're followers of Jesus. And we want to cooperate with God's forming in our lives. Whether we're talking about getting stronger in our body, stronger in our faith, stronger in our character, or today, stronger in self-control. So, are you How are you cooperating with God's forming the image of Jesus in you? That's what we want to talk about today. Now, I brought with me a a little metaphor today. Uh, Somebody thought these were candies. These are not candies. Don't come eat this, okay? These are little marbles, little red marbles, all right? I, I brought these little marbles as a way of us thinking about something specific. As a matter of fact, in this jar right now, there are 365 marbles, all right? What do you think that stands for, huh? Help me out. Yeah, the days of a year, all right? Now, just so you know, before we even get there, Today is the 19th day of February, and there are 31 days in January. Somebody do that math real quickly. How many days are we through in this year already? 50 days already. So you got 315 days left in 2023. That's what I want to talk to you about today. What might God want to do to make you more like Jesus in the next 315 days? And how might you cooperate with God's forming the image of Jesus in you? For the next 315 days. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just talk about these little marbles for a minute. What, if I put one of these marbles in your hand, what would be the area that you would be praying, God, help me grow? For one person it might be, and I don't know this, Holly, but for one person it might be, God, I want to get better at my finances. I want to really do finances your way, God. And I want to work all this year getting better and better and better at being able to handle the resources and being a better steward for what you've given to me. For another person, it might just be, God, I want to study your word better. I want to know your word inside and out. I met a person the other day and they said, you know what my my plan is for 2023? I want to read the Bible all the way through. And maybe for them, that little stone is, this is how I think. I want to grow closer to God, get stronger. For another person, it might be their marriage. And they're just saying, God, I want to have a marriage that looks more like you, that honors you more. What might that look like for that person who's saying, God, I want, to have, I want, I want my marriage to be strong. For another person, it might be a small group. They might say, God, I've been... I've been thinking about getting a Sunday school class or a small group or a fellowship, a piece of the body for a really long time. God, 
help me do that. Help me do it all year so that, that I'm closer and have closer friendships and closer fellowship than I've had in, in my whole life. For another person, it might be, I want to be a better parent. God, I, I, I want to just, I want our family to be strong, but I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better dad. I met one couple and they said, you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to pray for our kids. I'm sorry, pray with our kids every day this year. Put them to bed and pray with them every day of the year. Here's my point. I could go through the entire crowd and I could ask you, hey, if there's a place where God wants to grow and form you, what's your prayer? Where, where's your moment? What is your stone? What is your, what is your marble? Where you would say, God, God, I want to cooperate with how you're growing me. Now, here's how this works. Now, follow me, okay? Today, we're going to talk about self-control. And the idea here is that you've got a bunch of days in front of you. And you're either going to cooperate with God and be about the business of whatever that growing place is every day, or you're going to have some off days. So let's just let's do this together. And let me just remind you of kind of how this works. Where do you want to grow? How do you want to get stronger? Let's just say for that couple who says, hey, we want to pray with our kids every day. Here's the idea, that every day they pray with their kids, just like one of these marbles, they're able to say... Thank you, God. I feel, I feel our family getting stronger. They did it one day, and they did it another day. Have you ever experienced how you get really excited when you start something brand new? You know, you, you feel energized. You just feel good about it. Uh, maybe for another person, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, you know what? I'm going to eat better in 2023. No more junk food. I'm going to get in better shape and in better health. I'm going to eat the right amount of calories, you know. And they're just, they start putting day after day together. Now, a beautiful thing happens when you start putting day after day after day after day, you start really getting excited, feeling good. Now, we normally get to about day eight or nine, you know, listen, how many, how many we got in there? We'll go uh, day eight or nine. We put a whole bunch of days back to back. And then what happens is we, we miss a day. Maybe we didn't eat so good that day, or maybe that was the day, you know, we, the kids fell asleep on the way home, and we just picked them up, put them in the bed. We didn't pray with our kids that day. So instead of dropping it in the right place, we kind of, that day didn't work out the way we thought it would have, right? But the next day, hopefully, we come back, and we get back on track. We start moving back towards the thing. But you know, like I do, that all of us fail. Can I get an Amen. All of us fail. Every one of us falls short. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to hit the mark every day. So what happens is we, we miss a day. Sometimes we miss a few days in a row. Now, if, you are, if you're normal at all, here's what happens. We all have the best of intentions. Every one of us, right? Every one of us. Who in this place would say, no, not me. I don't want to grow, right? I don't want to get stronger. No, we all have the best of intentions. But the reality is, even if we start gangbusters, we're going we're gonna to fall short. Somewhere we're going to not, not have a good day. And you know what happens? Even though we have the best of intentions, we get derailed. And that derailment starts to demotivate us, right? We might even say we get discouraged. And what happens in that moment is we want to give up. 
Today I want to talk to you about renewing your mind. You know, Paul was writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 12, and he said, be renewed, you must renew your mind daily. Today I want you to think differently about the rest of the 315 days coming up in the rest of this year. And I want to, we're going to read some scriptures, and I want to challenge you that when you think about self-control, you don't just think about your ability to do, like these kids, right? Your ability not to do the wrong thing and your ability to do the right thing at all different times. Now, I actually want you to think about how God partners with you in being and working stronger in the area of self-control. I've given you a short definition in your outline there, but self-control, one way of saying self-control is doing the right thing even when you don't feel like doing the right thing, right? Even when you don't have the feelings, you just keep on doing the right thing. It's like this idea, boom, God, I, I, I'm going to keep moving because I know you're, you, I don't feel like it today, but I'm going to go to the gym. I don't feel like it today, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spend the money in the wrong place because this is, I'm trying to get better at money. Whatever it is, self-control is doing the right thing even when you don't feel like it. Now, again, we're trying to think differently, right? Read what the Bible says. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Hey, time out real quick. Have you ever noticed that a lot of Bible studies and a lot of sermons are done on like the first four or five of these fruits, okay? People talk about those all the time. They get all the press. Nobody talks about the latter few. When is the last time you heard a sermon on self-control? Really, honestly, right? Now, Now listen now. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, that's what forbearance is, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Pastor Stephen, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in my life is self-control? Well, that's that's what the Bible says. Now, let's actually kind of extrapolate that on out. If self-control is one of the fruits of God's Holy Spirit at work in my life and the life of a Christ follower, doesn't it make sense that Christians, the people who call themselves followers of Jesus, should be the most self-controlled people on the planet? Right? right. You can shake your head up and down. That's the way it's supposed to be. But oftentimes, that's not the way it is. So, Let's think about how God wants to work in our lives in this area of self-control. I like how Proverbs says it. Proverbs chapter 4 says it this way. Cling to discipline. That Hebrew word discipline, sometimes it means instruction. Sometimes it's teaching. Sometimes it's like self-control. Cling to it. Don't relax your grip on it because it is your... And the Hebrew word there for life in some places says it makes you alive. And sometimes it says, and it is your life. I like, in one one place I saw it translated, it is your strength. It makes you stronger. And this, I read one one, uh, commentator and he said, this whole don't lose your grip on it. It's the idea of, If you were lost at sea and you had a plank and you had to hold on to it so that it was your life preserver, would you make sure you held on to it or not, right? You would cling to it like it was your life. Here's the idea. The writer of Proverbs is saying, listen, hold on to this teaching. Hold on to this instruction. Hold on to self-control. Hold hold on to these things because it, it will make you stronger. It is your life. So the idea here, guys, is that we need to understand 
about, self, about self-control, that God wants to partner with us and help us to watch this, to do it over and over again. Do what, Pastor Stephen? Cooperate with him growing us into the image. Cooperate with him forming us into the image of his son, Jesus. Now, week one of this series, Pastor Amanda reminded you that on January the 13th, January, go back to January the 13th of 2023, 13 days in the year, it was National Quitters Day. All the people who had made all the resolutions, they're going to start out really, really good. By January the 13th, they offer a national day for everybody to say, I'm done with that. Okay, that's over, all right? I'm not going to do that anymore. Why? Because commitment is pretty easy. Matter of fact, let's put it up there real quickly. Commitment is how you get to the, to the starting line, all right? Now, commit, is commitment important? important? Oh, yeah. Uh, commitment is what our lives are made of. I can tell you how good your life is and where your life is going based on your commitment. So commitments are important. But commitments don't help you run the race. That just helps you start the race. You really want to learn about self-control. You've got to understand. How do you get to the finish line? It's consistency. It's consistency. It's consistency. So real quickly, let me just, let me just ask a question. Um, Pedro, come up here for a half second. I didn't tell Pedro I was going to do this, all right? Pedro, are you a runner? I am. You're a runner. How far do you run? No, you're not. You're lying? You're lying in church? Yeah. <laughs> Your wife is laughing. <laughs> I, can, I, can I can run from things. <laughs> so, so, so if I ask you today, if I ask you today to, to like a one week, if you would run a marathon, would you, would you say yes? You'd say no. I said $100. Run a marathon in a week? <laughs> Your wife's paying attention here really good. Okay, ready? $1,000. Would you run a marathon in a week? Not for $1,000? $10,000? Would you run a marathon in a week? <laughs> no. Now, he can start. Did you hear that? He can, he can make a commitment. But the question is, see, there's a big difference. Now, listen, listen, church. Hang out with me, Pedro. There's a real big difference between trying and training. Now, if I ask Pedro to run a marathon and he's not a runner, the best he's going to do if it's in some type of short period is try. And he's probably going to fail, don't you agree? Yeah, he's going to give up. But there's a big difference between training. Pedro, if I said to you, could you run a marathon in six months to a year? And how would he do that? He's not going to do that by making a commitment. That's not going to get him there. He's going to have to start training. And he's going to have to get consistent. He's going to have to start doing something to get himself ready to be able to run the marathon. Do you get me? See, this is the way, thank you, Pedro. This is the way it is, whatever your little marble is in your hand. You can try, but listen, trying is just making a commitment, right? We want to talk about the kind of training where you get in it and, and day after day you're saying, God, make me stronger. You're partnering, you're cooperating with God. 
and you're just saying, whatever it is. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have an off day, but it does mean you're moving forward. I have a friend of mine. Uh, he's, uh, my son played college football, and, and uh, they hired a new athletic director to come into his university. And I became fast friends with this guy because I saw leadership gifts in him, and I was really proud of him. He came into the university. Athletic directors, you know what they do, right? They oversee all the different sports. So he was over college football, but he was over every, every sport that was going on at the university. But his name is Jeff, Jeff Barber. And what I saw Jeff do was pretty amazing. He didn't come in and say, we're going to change everything. He didn't come in with some grandiose vision. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. You know what he came in? I watched him very strategically come in and do what he called small things. Small things. He began to focus on little small details. They'd, they'd plant a tree. They'd take a picture of it. And he would drop it on Facebook, Twitter, and he would just do hashtag small thing. They'd paint a wall. Literally paint a wall. Maybe put the college logo on it. Nobody would normally tell, you know, tell that story. they just they'd paint a wall and leave it there. But you know what they do? they take a picture of it. they put it on social media. they say, Small things. He started doing this small things, small things, small things, small things. And then other people on the campus started doing small things, small things, small things, small things. And what started to happen was the entire culture, not just of the athletic department, but the entire culture of the campus started changing because little small things were adding up. Let me tell you the way I put it in your outline there. Small things, small things done with consistency add up to really, really big things. Now listen, mama. Listen, daddy. Listen, grandma, granddaddy. Listen, church leader. Now listen. You want to change the temperature of your home? You want to change your neighborhood? You want to change the church? Small things done with consistency add up to big things. Pastor Stephen, I want that. But see, every once in a while, I just, I have a multiple days from just over here. I'm, I don't know. I, I get off mark. I, that's okay. We're going to read a scripture in just a minute that you'll see that nobody except Jesus has ever walked this planet and not had a moment where they were like, blew it today. And that opens us up if we were aware of it, if we were mindful of it, for God to come in. And give us something that you and I don't have that will help us go, you know what? I feel it. I feel it every day. He's working in me. And I'm growing stronger. I'm growing stronger. I'm growing stronger. My family's growing stronger. In your outline, I put what is probably the most important scripture of this entire series. I've saved it till very last. I hope it's a scripture you're aware of. I hope you've heard of it before. But Paul is going to, I, I read this scripture a lot of times when I was a young Christian. I missed it. I didn't even really get it. I want today to help you get something that Paul lays down that can change your life. Okay? I'm going to read it real quickly, and then I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to read it all the way through, and then I'm going to break it down for you, little piece by little piece. And I want, you to, I want you to figure out right here about how God can grow you in your self-control. All right? Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. He says this. In order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. He goes on and he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power will rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now get, get ready. Let's unpack it. All right? We're going to go back up to the top. At the very beginning, Paul says this, in order to keep me from being conceited. All right? You know what he's telling us right there? He's giving us a little insight into his soul, into his psyche. All right? Paul was a guy that had a great pedigree. He was very learned, learned in some great schools. He called himself the Pharisee of Pharisees, very religious guy. So Paul is telling us out of the gate, I have a tendency to be a little arrogant and think a lot about myself, okay? But he says, God gave me a thorn in my flesh to keep me from being that way. And then he goes on, he says, now three times I said, God, take away this thorn in my flesh. Pastor Stephen, what was the thorn? We don't ever know. If somebody tells you they know, don't believe them, okay? We, we never know. Theologians sometimes think it was that Paul was struggling with blindness because at the end of his letters, he talks about writing his name in really big letters. And others think that maybe it was a malady or a physical impairment. From, he was stoned. He was beaten. But we don't know. We don't know what the thorn in his flesh was. But we do know this. Three different times he said, God, take this from me. Take this thorn in my flesh away from me. And three different times, God said no. But more importantly, what did God say? Notice that God said three things. God said, number one, my grace, my favor, my blessing, my love for you, my grace is sufficient for you. That's the first thing he said. By the way, Pastor Stephen, what does sufficient mean? My grace is enough for you. That's the first thing God said. The second thing he said, for my power is made perfect. That's the second thing. My power is made complete. My power is made full. My power is made perfect. Third thing, in your weakness. You see, If you could really have a conversation with Paul, what Paul will tell you was, I asked three times, and he gave me three different times. He said this over and over again, and the third time I got it. The third time I said, oh, now I get it. Why? Because he changed. Did you hear the language? He said, therefore now. Watch this now. Therefore now. I boast. I boast in my weakness, my thorn." He says, at one place he says, I delight in it. What? I, I take joy in it, is what he's saying. He says, I boast in it, I delight in it, because now I see that this is how God makes his power work through me. Hey, guys, let's just call time out for a minute. I don't know about you, but I don't like to show anybody my weaknesses. Are you like me, right? I don't like that. Who wants to to talk about their weaknesses? Much less do we normally ever say, oh, I boast in my weaknesses. I, I celebrate my weaknesses. No. You know what we do with our weaknesses? We hide them. We love to hide our weaknesses. But what Paul is saying is if you could really understand what your weakness is, it's an invitation for God's power to show up. Now listen, listen. If you're just doing like this on your own strength, 
you will hit a wall. Oh, you will hit a wall. And you will have a period where it looks just like this. Now, you can either stay here and go, oh, you know what? I'm such a failure. Some people, they set goals. They achieve their goals. Not me. I can't ever follow through. I make commitments, and I just, and you can stay here. You can throw your pity party all you want. You can say, oh, woe is me. Something's wrong with me. Or, and here's the good news invitation. Or you can hear what Paul's laying down and pick it up and go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just a human. I'm flawed. I'm weak. I'm never going to be perfect. So God, instead of me getting down on me, I'm going to celebrate my weakness. I'm going to celebrate my weakness, and I'm going to ask you, God, let your spirit, your power flow through me and get me, get me where you want me to be. Move in me, God. You got your little outline there? You want a recipe for seeing God show up and make you stronger? Real quick, it's right here in the scriptures. I didn't create it, okay? I didn't make it up. Real quick, first one is this. You bankrupt any personal notion you have of self-sufficiency. You just say, okay, I, I, ha- I act like I'm self-sufficient, but, but the reality is I'm not. Everybody look up at me from your outline real quickly. Everybody, every eye in the place, look at me real quickly. Understand, nobody, not one of us is self-sufficient. We pretend we are. We act like we are. But the reality is, you need God, and you need God's power. So why do we play this game, right? Like, we are self-sufficient, we are Superman, Superwoman, we have all the power in the world to do everything. Shut up. No, you don't. Bang, you want to you get open to God's power in your life? The first thing is you say, wait a minute, God, I'm sorry. You bankrupt the notion of self-sufficiency. The second one, you admit your weakness. You admit it. You say, here it is, God. Woo! I don't like to admit it, but God, I'm weak. When you can do that, you're starting to do what Paul said when he said, I boast in my weakness. I delight in my weakness. You know what he's doing? He's saying, I'll hold it up before God. And I said, God, here it is. I don't hide it from you. Here it is, God. I admit my weakness. You want to grow in self-control? You want to grow, 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 grow? It looks like this. Bankrupt the notion of self-sufficiency. Admit your weakness and receive from God his power. This is how God wants to work in our lives. He wants to partner with you in forming the image of Jesus in you. So, (laughs) you ready? How many rocks I got in here? How many marbles? Let me get about 50. About 50 marbles. That's how many days you've already spent in this year. You know what I'm concerned at as your pastor? I'm not so concerned about this. I'm not talking to you today about this. That is in the past, right? You know what my prayer is for you? Right here. Right here. You have 315 days left in this year. So let me just go back and let me just kind of tell you what we've been talking about all during this series. Now listen. For those God foreknew, that's you. For those God foreknew, 
he predestined. His hope, his plan, his destiny was to form the image of Jesus in you. How will you cooperate with God in the next 315 days? I mean, do you know your marble? Can you say, God, this is the place I want you to make me stronger. This is the place I want the image of Jesus formed in me. Oh, God, let it be. And the idea here is, when you begin to say, God, (laughs) I'm weak, but you are strong, you'll see that God starts morphing you, changing you. It don't mean you won't have a day that looks like that. You will. But it means that you can come right back and say, God, you hadn't given up on me yet. In the name of Jesus, make me stronger. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you that you love us and that you care about us so much. You never give up on us. Every day, every day you are wanting to form us and shape us. You're wanting us to think like you and talk like you and walk like you and be like you. So God, we pray for this week, just this week upcoming, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh God, help us. Help us, form us. We want to cooperate with you by the power of the Holy Spirit that the image of Jesus may be formed more and more in us. Lord, here we are. We make ourselves open and available to you. Do your good work in us, Jesus, we pray. In the name of Christ, amen. With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Went from north to south and east to west We hear Christ be magnified
sing it out. I won't bow to idols. I'll stay strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just a doorway to resurrection life. If I join you in suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. You return in glory, love the angels and the saints. My heart will still be singing, my song will be the same. Oh, remain standing. Um, thank you for, for your generosity and for investing in the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ through Midway United Methodist Church. We're so glad that you are participating, right, with Jesus in, into, into uh, helping our community, into blessing our church in so many ways. Uh, don't forget that you can uh, also go above and beyond and, and give uh, to UMCOR, to the earthquake uh, relief. Uh, you can you can just uh, select that on the website when you're giving, and also you can just put a memo on on your memo uh, part in your check indicating that you're giving uh, to UMCOR as well. Uh, but uh, I'd like to just uh, remind you that you can give through the website, through the app, and also just drop in your check uh, to one of the uh, offering plates uh, in the back of the right there in the back of the sanctuary. Um, well, let us let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your generosity. And, for thank, and we thank you for the generosity of your church. Thank you because, Lord, as we respond to you in worship by giving, you are blessing not only us who give, but so many others who are, who are being uh, benefited by, by your, your love and your generosity and your faithfulness. In your name we pray, Lord. And as we go this week... Uh, may you uh, change little things, little habits each and every day so that you'll see a big change in the, uh, in the long run. May the love of God and the communion with the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ be with you each and every day. Go in peace.
been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.